The Born to Win podcast highlights individuals excelling at high levels in their purpose and calling. This podcast is for anyone looking to get ahead in life and willing to take action and reach their full potential. Using Champ's male mentoring model of the three E's, education, empowerment, and exposure, it means you too are born to win. The Champs from Chicago be streaming all that. You're allowed to tune in to the Born to Win podcast, champion. Welcome, everybody, to another Born to Win podcast. Yes, we have an absolute dandy today. That's right. We got the ladies of Virtue founder and CEO from the south side of Chicago. That's right. Results driven leader encourages others to pursue at any and all costs. She is the founder. Watch this now. Don't miss it. Of Ladies of Virtue, an award winning mentoring program that has empowered over 1000, probably 10,000 girls by now um, to become <laughs> what? Confident and purpose-driven leaders. Remember what Dr. Miles Monroe always say, if you don't know a purpose of a thing, he said abuse is inevitable. We don't wanna abuse our purpose. So we have an expert today. I'm so excited to introduce her. My name is Jamila Tremiel and I am the founder of Ladies of Virtue. Ladies of Virtue is a mentoring and leadership program for girls. We empower girls to become confident and purpose-driven leaders. And then they're inspired because they see that leaders are not perfect, which allows them to own who they are, the good, the bad, the ugly. And from there, that's, that's where the growth really starts. And that's how the growth happens. This is my purpose. And it takes a lot of soul searching to figure out what your purpose is. But I am so grateful to be able to uh, live and walk in my calling every single day. We are Ladies of Virtue! I'm going to bring her in and I want y'all to give her a born to win welcome welcome to the born to win podcast thank you for having me vandale i need you to come to every talk i give and i need you to give that introduction that was dope <laughs> thank I'm you here so for much it. for having me <laughs> no welcome welcome so i know there are some things that may not be in your bio that has happened that's transpiring even right now but a lot of times a lot of people may not understand profoundly the intricate details of one story and I always like to ask people, especially when I'm meeting them and Jamila's no stranger. We've been knowing each other for years and she's doing some phenomenal work in our great city of Chicago. But if you can share with our viewing audience a little bit about your story. Yeah, sure. As you mentioned, um, I'm from the South Shore community. And one thing just growing up, my dad used to always say, you're an African girl. You can do anything you put your mind to. And although my parents divorced when I was five uh, and, you know, it was drama and there was some, you know, all of that that go with that. Um, I can honestly say that the one thing that remained consistent in both households was the fact that my parents pushed me to further my dreams, to overcome any obstacle that may have stood in my way. They believed in me. I mean, they talked about college when I was like two, you know what I mean? So there were certain things that I can honestly say I took for granted because it was a part of my everyday college was a part of our everyday conversation. Master's degrees was a part of everyday conversations. Um, and so I realized uh, when I ended up, I became like a junior, you know, in high school and, you know, chopping it up with my friends. And I realized 
at that moment when I was talking to them and they did not have many plans. A lot of my friends from the community did not have a lot of plans after high school. Uh, one of my best friends, her father was killed through, her father was killed through gun violence. Um, I have friends whose moms who may have been in their lives, but you know, not in a positive way per se. And so as I was talking about, you know, college and going to U of I and all of that, there, I noticed that there wasn't that back and forth, you know what I mean? And so it wasn't until I saw many of my friends' lives who took that downward turn um, once I got to college, um, it made me realize how important it is to give back because everybody does not have those role models. I have my parents, sometimes a teacher steps in, a mentor steps in, but a lot of times people don't have anybody in their lives to, to right. step in and help guide and, and really meet the need. And so it was, uh, I was not active in high school very much. You know, I was in a club here and there, but some of my mentees, you know, they're in like honors, National Honor Society and all of that. That was not me. <laughs> um, but it wasn't until I got to college that I became very active in the community. And, so, and I started mentoring as a sophomore in college at University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign. Uh, and so I have not stopped mentoring since my sophomore year in college. It has been 20 years and there has not been a year, a day, a minute that has gone by where I have not, you know, mentored um, girls that are coming behind me. And so uh, I started my career at Northwestern Medicine uh, in, in internal consulting, working in the strategic planning department, even throughout all that time, I was mentoring, as I said, going, I was uh, working with youth in the Urban League, uh, Toastmasters, YMCA, you name it, I was, I was doing it. And it wasn't until I would say, yeah, 2011, so 10 years ago that I started Ladies of Virtue. Uh, and it's been 10 years. And so it's been an incredible wow. journey. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't have changed it or had it any other way. So it's been 10 years and obviously the road to get you there were um, stepping stones to kind of move you towards the great work that you're doing in the city. And I always like to kind of reflect a little bit and say, what were some of, I guess, the life changing, life altering moments when you realize being in college, the conversation just wasn't flowing with everybody? in terms of what they were doing and where you were going and what you were doing? Was it more of a self-discovery even for you as well? Yeah, you know, it, it, it really was. You know, even when I started mentoring in college, um, one of my mentees was a freshman and she had, you know, some difficulties in terms of navigating her way through college. And then as I continued to mentor, I remember even at Northwestern um, Medicine, one of my mentees, she was having a hard time looking for a job and she sent me her resume because I was like, oh, yeah, girl, I'll help you find the internship. Just send me your resume. And I noticed under work experience, there was a bullet point that said looking for a job. So I was like, OK, how did this resume not only get out of your home? That's number one. But then it was submitted as a grade. She got a grade, but nobody ever took her to the side to say, this is not what you're supposed to put on a resume. This is what you're supposed to do. And not only that, let me help you find a job. So no, nobody in her life actually took her, you know, walked life on life with her to show her the proper steps. And there were so many situations like that, which is one of the reasons actually when I realized I had to leave healthcare as much as I love that career, I knew I, I was called to education. After That was like the last scenario. <laughs> there had been so many more, you know, before then. But after that, that was like, it for me. You know, I was like, after that resume and, and she had that bullet point on there, I said, okay, I have to be in education full time. So I need to figure this thing out. We cannot have not one other young person, you know, having this type of thing on her resume and no one is telling her anything. Like 
it stops with me. And so that's when I realized that it was time for me to um, leave my career. You know, I was trying to strive to be like a VP or didn't really think about CEO, but I had my mind set on a VP of a hospital administration, all of that. But after that situation, it was like, no. Mm -mm. So those are the, some of the um, life changing moments for me where I realized that I was truly called for education. And that's amazing because we have the ladies of virtue and obviously it's a whole story here. But if you can just talk to everyone who may have not heard of ladies of virtue, um, tell us about how ladies of virtue came about and the awesomeness of what you're doing with these young ladies here in the city of Chicago and beyond. Yeah, absolutely. So I mentioned to you all some of the things that I that have that I saw personally mentoring some of my mentees even prior to Ladies of Virtue. Um, but, you know, one thing that I noticed as I was going mentoring in different locations, girls were always like want to take me after the session was over with and talk to me about their lives and what was going on. And so we would do that for hours even after the session was over with. And they would talk to me about what was going on in their lives, how they didn't have anyone to really talk to. You know, and I became that person. Um, and so what I realized a lot of organizations at that time didn't really have a lot of hands-on leadership. So that's why the confidence wasn't developing within the girls because they didn't feel like they could actually do become a leader because a lot of speakers would come in and talk about leadership from a theoretical standpoint, but not really give them the hands-on tools that they needed so that they could see that they were already a leader. They just needed an opportunity and the resource to go about doing it. Um, and so having those conversations, seeing what I saw in a variety of different organizations, I ended up starting Ladies of Virtue. It was supposed to just be a passion project. It was never supposed to be a full-blown career. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> So I started Ladies of Virtue, um, you know, I already had my mentees. And so it ended up being where I took off two days of work uh, at, at Northwestern. I passed out flyers everywhere. But we started with only six girls, two of which were already my mentees. And then they brought friends. So I'm like, I didn't even have to take off those days. You know, so I was actually devastated that first day. I'm like, I did all of this work and only six girls came. And it's amazing to me, uh, you know, Ladies of Virtue, we're a mentoring and leadership uh, program for black girls, specifically on the South and West Side, Chicagoland. Uh, but we draw a majority of our girls from South and West Side. And we're all about preparing our girls for leadership in three ways, uh, character development, career readiness, and civic engagement. And over the last 10 years, we've served now, it's been to over 2,000 and girls and families. Uh, and this, you know, I think back at that very first day when only six girls were, were there. And now we just had a Saturday um, program this past week where over 100 girls are there. So it was just like, oh, it's, it's amazing to me. It's amazing to me, the, the growth. Um, but yeah, so we've done some some incredible things. Um, we've taken our girls to Dominican Republic to teach English to, to youth. Uh, we've had girls to speak at national conferences with the United States of Young Women. Uh, you know, it's just been an amazing journey. You were telling me earlier about the National Museum of African-American History and Culture and we haven't gone in within since the uh, the pandemic, but that was an annual trip for us. You just reminded me. I'm like, yes, we need to bring that back for 2022. Nice. Uh, but yes, it's been such a an incredible journey, you know, with our girls. And I think my favorite part is seeing our girls graduate. 
from college or trade school or armed forces and then coming back to mentor. They come back to um, share some of the obstacles that they've been through and then they encourage their other younger love sisters. That's my favorite part to see, to have known them when they were like 10, 11, 12, and now they are young adults, you know, negotiating their salaries for their career. So it's been amazing and amazing 10 years. Yeah, you know, and, and what's so awesome is what you're doing is creating this baton effect where mm-hmm. the mentee becomes the mentor and then That's they come true. back and then they start telling everybody about the impact when they were 10 years old, you know, yeah. what they learned and just the exposure they got through what you were doing. Um, but so I also true. think it provides a level of hope for our mm. city and for our young ladies. And how would Jamila describe hope? Mm. You know, I would describe hope. To me, hope is a flicker of light. <laughs> because when I think about some it. of um, when I think about some of the, the trials and, tri- and tribulations our girls have gone through and, you know, you, you see the headlines um, when you see those even when you see young men who are killed or perpetrators of uh, victims or perpetrators of violence. Those are our girls, brothers, you know, fathers, uncles, and they are being impacted um, just as as much as, you know, the the young men or their families as well. You know, I see depression. I see, um, you know, not doing well at school because they have all of these other things going on in their lives. Um, I see how some of our girls have been sexually assaulted. And even when I think about the mentors, myself and, and others, we go through it, too. Right. And sometimes so much happens, you know, everybody says like the light at the end of the tunnel. Sometimes that light dims and it it slowly dies. (laughs) But when you see that flicker of light, all you need is a flicker of light to keep on going. And that is how I would describe hope because sometimes it's not that bright light at the end of the tunnel. Sometimes it's just a flicker. And then that just just lets you know you're heading in the right direction. Even when you just see, just love something. Uh, lets you know that you're heading in the right direction. And oftentimes as a mentor, you may not see, I, re, I even remember one of our girls who, if you didn't know her and you saw her on social media, you would be like, oh, that's just not appropriate. She ain't going to be anything. But I saw a marketing director. I saw creativity. She may not have been posting the best thing on social right. media, but it always drew, drew in tons of likes, tons of, and I'm like, this girl is creative. And now she has her own multiple businesses. She's just finished the army, you know, and she's doing an incredible, you know, young woman doing incredible um, work and totally different from what she was as a teenager. But had we walked away from her, you know, who knows, right? And so that's all you need is, is, is a flicker of light to keep going. And that's how I, just, I define hope. And so many of our young people are desperately reaching out um, for someone to kind of turn that flicker of light on and provide mm-hmm. that hope, just a little spark. Right. And just a little it becomes <laughs> contagious because fire is consuming and all mm-hmm. it takes is for it to touch something else for it to start to spread. And That's I p- appreciate hearing that story. So if you can talk just briefly uh, with, with our viewing audience, just a little bit about some of the life experiences that have shaped who you are. Yeah, and I can talk about just three short ones. So one, um, I remember, and I don't remember exactly how old I was, but I couldn't have been more than 11 or 12 years old. My dad took me to the Navy Pier 
and there was a guy who was building this tall structure out of popsicles. And he simply just said, if he's following his passion and people are coming to this exhibit and it's just popsicles, you know, something as simple as popsicles, whatever your passion is, you know, you can be successful in it. Because if this guy is successful and he's just making structures out of popsicles, which is, you would think something so simple, regardless of what your passion is, you go for it because you will be successful. And I remember that, and I was probably 10, 11, 12 years old, but it just really taught me um, to follow my passion, to follow my dreams, no matter how big or small, or no matter what people may say, I'll still be successful because this is who I was created to be. So that was one. And I remember when I was um, in college, I'll never forget this. I had a guest speaker who was, um, yeah, just a guest speaker. I was majoring in finance before I switched my major. And he said, choose your career based off of what you would do for free. And that's something that has always stuck with me too, because, you know, I've had some career changes. I've had that. But one thing that was my North Star was exactly what he said. Choose your career based off of what you would do for free. And I realized even when I was at Northwestern, what I was doing for free was mentoring. I would spend hours upon hours upon hours mentoring. And that stuck, stuck with me. So when I left healthcare and, you know, my mom would say, you have to leave that good job with those good benefits and all that. <laughs> um, the, my, the North Star was the fact that, well, I have to be successful at this because one is my passion, going back to what my dad taught me. But the second thing is, um, this is something I would do for free. And so I knew that that would be the right, you know, thing to do. And then I, I would say the third thing, a lot of people may not know, but my mom did not find out. She, my mom was adopted. She did not find out until she was 35. And when I see how um, the forgiving spirit that she has, just this loving spirit, nobody would know all the hardships and pain that my mom has gone through. And I just think indirectly, um, it's really shown me the power of forgiveness, the power of love that, you know, no matter what has happened to you, you know, you can still, she's a woman of God and just really um, has tapped into that power of forgiveness, which has taught me how to do the same thing. Wow. What a testimony. Yeah. Um, so so the, the, the powerful thing is we all have a story and a message and mm -hmm. whether it's serving, whether it's mentoring, whether it's leading, um, helping out, I think what you just mentioned, how you were empowered, like what, what is the thing that you would do without getting paid? What is the thing that you would right. do for free? And mm -hmm. you were already walking in that purpose. Right. And for you to take that and say, not only do I want to build a program around it, I want to create a movement where it's freeing generationally others. Right. So speaking mm -hmm. of a generational sound or message or moment or movement, what words, if you can put on the billboard, millions <laughs> of billions of people will see and read, what would be your life's message? What would be your words? Um, my life's message would be um, everything you need to succeed is already in you. And that's probably too long for Ooh, a billboard. No, I love it. I, love <laughs> so it. I will have to just put it on huge font so that you can see it when you drive past. But I just remember that God is actually the one who told me that. That was straight from the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Um, but when I was thinking about, you know, shifting from Northwestern to education, I went to, I ended up getting in, uh, left Northwestern to go into the Broad Residency, which was a two-year program. Um, and then after that two-year program concluded, 
I then made the decision to do Ladies of Virtue full time, which was really scary because we did we had like a seventy five thousand dollar budget. I was making ninety five thousand at the time. So if the organization is only making seventy five thousand, that means I was not going to be making anywhere <laughs> from what I was making. Um, and so I was. It wasn't that I was nervous. I really did feel like that was something that God had told me to do, but I did not know how to like fundraise. I did not know how to market. Um, I knew how to write business plans because I had to do that at Northwestern, but I felt like that was the only skill that I had, you know, and after the first year you write a business plan, that's it. So how am I supposed to do all of these other things to make an organization successful? And that's when God said, everything you need is already in you. Everything you need to succeed is already in you. So when he said that, I was like, okay. <laughs> and he was so right because when you fundraise, um, you know, I, one thing that my boss always said at Northwestern was that I knew how to connect with the CEO. Cause I used to have to have meetings with the CEO of the hospital and I had to have meetings with like the patient access reps, which was like minimum wage pretty much, you know? So it was like those, oh. I can speak to different levels throughout the hospital. I always got that compliment when I was there for those eight years and fundraising is the same thing. You have to know how to connect with individual donors, which is going to be like me and you. Then there's times I'm meeting with millionaires downtown and I need to be able to meet them on that level too. And so that was the thing where when God said that and I started walking this thing called life and building the nonprofit and all of that out, I was like, oh, you're right. You was right, guys. So thank you for that word. <laughs> but that's what I would tell other people is that everything you need to succeed is already in you. Everything that you need to succeed is already mm -hmm. in you. It's already that's in you. a whole book. That's right. a whole exactly. that's a whole life altering message because a lot of times we're looking outside of us and we're right. looking mm. for someone to point us in the right direction or speak into right. us and and to take us and lead us and all of that is important. Right. But sometimes we fail to look within us. Exactly. And the answer's right there. Mm. The hope is right like there. That. You know, the power yeah. is there, the knowledge, even the wisdom sometimes on that's what to true. do next. And we have to unlock that in. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about Ladies of Virtue and some great things that you yeah. guys are doing and what you got coming up that you want to share with everybody. Yeah. So we have our annual fundraiser that's coming up November 13th, 2021, 1130. Um, tune in. Uh, it's a virtual event. So regardless of where you are, you can watch our program. And it's going to be an exciting program. We have eight honorees that we are shining the light on because they are doing amazing things. They are Black women who are entrepreneurs or community leaders, um, executives, and just we're honoring them because they are represent a perfect representation of purpose, passion, and perseverance. So tune in, um, go and buy our, uh, uh, go and buy a ticket on our website, lovchicago.org. We also have Chrisette Michelle, who's going to be, uh, I'm going to be interviewing her and followed by a performance. She's doing a performance right after that. And so just go on our website, lovchicago.org to purchase a ticket. It is going to be an amazing program. And this will allow us to continue to build a sustainable program for years to come. And we need everybody to support the movement, y'all. Can yes. you repeat those details just in case it slipped by somebody again? How can they yeah. access the information, get the ticket? What's the date? What's the time? Who are we honoring? Who's going to be there? Just say that again. <laughs> 
Yes, sure. Please go to our website at lovchicago.org. We are honoring eight honorees who represent uh, passion, purpose, and perseverance. They're doing amazing things. They are executives, community leaders in our community right here in Chicago. And so we want to support those ladies. We also have Chrisette Michelle during our VIP program, where I'm going to be interviewing her as well as she's going to be performing. So go on our website, lovchicago.org. The event is November 13th from 1130 to 130. All right. So you heard it there. Now, is this both in person and virtual or is it just in person? Oh, it's just a a virtual event. Just virtual. Okay. Mm -hmm. So just just virtual. And she said that, but just make sure you go ahead, support. And then this is what I want to encourage everybody to do. I want you to also share this information Mm -hmm. with somebody else. Matter of fact, share with five people. Okay. (laughs) Let's go ahead and break the internet. And support the ladies of virtue is very important. Um, I'm in schools uh, pretty much every day, all day, and I'm hearing the outcries of our young people as well as our leaders saying, please help. Um, It's been a it's been a tough transition coming back into the school year. Um, So we need all hands on deck, all the support that we can get. And Ladies of Virtue is doing phenomenal work across the Chicagoland area. And so we need for you guys to be there and support. And I'm going to be there. I'm going to be on. I'm going to be supporting as well. And I'm going to be spreading this word as well. So thank you so much, Jamila. Any last words you want to share? I just want to thank you. Thank you so much for having me today. You know, I always watch your work. You're doing amazing work here in the South and the in Chicago land. And so I love what you are doing, what Champs is doing. And thank you all for your support. Again, just go to lovchicago.org to donate, to volunteer, and to learn more about our organization. And that's it for today, everybody. You have tuned in to another Born to Win podcast, episode number 25. And we need all hands on deck. We need everybody to support the great work that's happening in the city of Chicago. And again, remember, you are born to win in every situation in life. The Born to Win podcast highlights individuals excelling at high levels in their purpose and calling. This podcast is for anyone looking to get ahead in life and willing to take action and reach their full potential. Using Champ's male mentoring model of the three E's, education, empowerment, and exposure, it means you too are born to win. I'm born to win. Live. The Champs from Chicago.